Hello and welcome to the Post to Post podcast. It is podcast number 30 on January 7th, 2018, the first podcast of the new year. How are you? I'm well. How are you? You're Brent. I'm Neil. I forgot to say that. That's true. I am Brent. Uh, so there's been a lot to, well, there's been mm. a lot to go on this week because yeah. the World Juniors happened and then the NHL happened and it's it was a busy week coming back after the break. The players were eager to get back at their games and uh, uh, I would say... Not as much to talk about as the previous podcast, but still a full podcast for sure. Oh, I think so. It'll end up being that way. Mm. So I have on my list, uh, I'm going to talk about the Maple Leafs, talk about Chicago, Colorado, Carolina, Boston, Streaks, some rumors, um, some teams that I am going to completely eliminate from the playoffs contention already. Totally. And then the, I, I made a list of the true contenders or what I think are the true contenders. And then I want to talk some upcoming post-to-post videos, and then I have a few plugs um, at the end. Very cool. What do you have? I have uh, last night's and yesterday's hockey scores. I have um, a little bit of on the standings and who's where. And you know, really, this is the closest podcast to the midpoint of the NHL season. Yeah, so it's right, a good yeah. time to assess everybody, mm. which I, by the sound of things you're going to do. Uh, go over the stats as we usually do of who's doing what in the uh, in the numbers department. Talk a little bit about the Canadians and their uh, situation with uh, uh, actually playing a little better lately, but still uh, grim. And some of the things that are being discussed, like uh, Pacioretty's status and so on. Mm, cool. So usually we go through my stuff first, and then we go through your stuff. Uh, we thought it, or you thought it was a good a good idea, and I completely agreed that. Uh, we usually go over the games mm-hmm. last night, and uh, we do that first today rather than yeah. near the end. See what so. the fans think of that. Yeah. It's a kind of a sports report. It makes it a little more timely rather than throwing it in at the end. Yeah. Uh, yesterday, Philadelphia beat St. Louis 6-3, to and we watched quite a bit of that game. Yeah, and Jake Allen got the start. I was pretty happy because I felt like, you know, he's facing his former teammate and Brian Elliott. He probably has a, a little more reason to win. And also, he's he struggled a little bit lately, and I thought that maybe this could be the game that he gets back his gets his confidence back. And this was also the game that Braden Shen returned to Philadelphia. Oh yes, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, some I think there were some expectations there that he was looking forward to this opportunity. Hmm. Uh, didn't work out that way. <laughs> no. Yeah, uh, Philadelphia beat St. Louis six three. Brian Elliott was uh, was good, and Jake uh, he was. Not, not not great. I thought the first two goals were... I can actually... At the first goal above his shoulder on the short side, I thought that was a terrible goal. I can't remember if that was the first or second goal. Mm-hmm. The one off the the butt of... I think it was Pareko or someone. Uh, that was... His, that's not Jake's fault. No, no. That was uh, just... There was no one's fault. You yeah. Know, you and I had that discussion. Like, who would you blame here for this goal? And Pareko slid across as he should have done to try to cut off the pass it and maybe the, cut off the shot. It was the perfect thing to do. Yeah, and uh, the shot was decent. Uh, it hit Pareko's, Pareko was face down. It hit him in the butt and bounced over Jake, and uh, you, you, there's no one to blame there. You, Everyone did what they should have done. Yeah, you can't fault Jake for going no. from his left to his right because that's where the pass was going. So. No. For a while, it looked like St. Louis might get back in the game. They were down 4 nothing at one point. They came back and made it 4-2, and they were threatening. But then uh, Philadelphia closed it out, ended up being 6-3. So... Mm. Uh, pretty good win for Philly. They needed it. 
Also yesterday, Dallas beat Edmonton 5-1. Wow. Radulov. Man. Radulov, Klingberg, and Sega each went one goal, two assists. They each got three points for each of them. Plus, Jamie Benn was in on, on those as well. Hmm. Uh, man, what a what an offensive uh, juggernaut they've put together, for, at least for that game yesterday. And uh, Cam Talbot was on the on the short end of that stick. Uh, Boston over Carolina, seven to one. A lot of big, high-scoring games now. I love these games. Oh, totally, yeah. Oh it's, man, they're it's great. Exciting, yeah. I'm tired of these two-one, three-two shootout games where they're awarding three points instead of a clear victor. Yeah. Uh, Boston over Carolina, and Patrice Bergeron had almost a career career day in that game. Oh yeah, I think he got like five points or something. He like got that. five points. Four of them were goals, and three of yeah. them were in a natural hat trick. Crazy. Spread over two periods. I think he got one near the end of the first, and then he got the first two goals in the second. So Isn't uh, a natural hat trick in one period? I don't think. It's just three goals in a row. I don't. Uh, th- I think a period can come in between. Okay. Uh, appara- well, according to everyone else, we're calling it a natural hat trick. I, <laughs> I didn't actually look it up in Webster's. but uh, Webster's. <laughs> anyway, it was uh, something else, and Boston is on a tremendous run. Yeah, I'm going to talk about them a little later. Yeah, 8-0-2 now, and I'll not steal any more of your thunder. Uh, that's the first time Boston a Boston player had a four-goal game since Dave Andrachuk did it in 1999. Wow. Against guess who? Montreal. Tampa Bay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> the same. Uh, man, it was Tampa Bay Lightning, the team he ended up playing for, yeah. for a long time. Which and is winning a funny. cup in 2004. Yeah. Cam Ward was pulled after the first two goals. This is the weirdest part. They pulled Cam Ward out of that game. They put Darling in after two goals, and Boston ended up winning 7-1. Cam Ward played for a little over five minutes in the first period, faced two shots. They were both goals. He's tagged with the loss after playing for five minutes. And Darling. And Darling actually let in five goals. He doesn't get tagged with the loss. Doesn't get tagged with anything. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that's just yeah, it's frustrating. Just bizarre. Just and, and every team will have a game like that once in a while. Yep. Uh, Toronto-Vancouver game. We watched that last night. That was quite the game. Yeah, Brockstar. Yeah. He, he scored another goal. Yeah. Almost thought he scored another one. He got pretty the, crazy. Yeah. And he ended up being the goat a little bit on the uh, uh, on the game because he had this goal that he thought had gone in. This was in overtime, wasn't it? Oh, overtime, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was in overtime. And it bounced off one post and the other post. The referee called it in. Uh, they did a video reverse vi- well, video <laughs> review. Sure enough, it did not go in. Yeah. So the game continued, and he ended up then getting a penalty. Mm. And Vancouver managed to kill that off, and it ended after overtime. Uh, it was still tied, so they had to go to a shootout. That was a really great game. It was. A that was one of the best games game. I've watched in a while. Yeah. It was really, it's really like a playoff good. game almost. It was. Yeah. Bozak again. Matthews got his nineteenth, and and Besser did score earlier in the game, and, yeah. and that got his twenty second goal. But uh, something else. Ottawa over Tampa, six to three. Uh, I I had to look up one of the goal scorers' names for Tampa because I hadn't seen it before. You probably have. Oh, I'll spell it for you: K O E K K O E K. Wait, say that again. K K. Oh, sorry. K O E K K O E K. I don't know. It's pronounced cuckoo. Really? And his first name is Slater. That's Slater Cuckoo. That's an incredible name. Got a goal for Tampa Bay, and I'm I'm loving this already. Heck yeah! I don't know where he came from. I hadn't <laughs> heard of him before, but uh, K O E K K O E K. That's awesome. I mean, you could type that, and and if you had a laptop and were typing your name a lot, you'd have three or four keys worn out 
and the rest would be almost brand new because they're <laughs> yeah you know when you kind of slam your keyboard and it just makes a bunch of random letters yeah that, that's what that spells <laughs> anyway uh so he got a goal it was a losing effort but the ottawa was all over them dezingle got a couple uh duchene scored apparently mm. a really nice one i didn't see that but i heard about it but tampa bay did a great job of coming back in the second period ottawa was three nothing after one tampa scored three unanswered goals in the second so it went into the third period tied three three yeah and then ottawa pulled away with three goals of their own so pretty good the rangers beat arizona 2-1 in a shootout uh jimmy vc scored for the rangers and duclair for arizona so they got uh, they got a stole a point there rangers are playing well yeah do you know who scored in the shootout to win the game for the New York Rangers? Um, no, I don't. Oh, I was hoping you did because then you'd have to say his name. Oh, is it Benajad? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> and you did a great job. Look at that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that game was a milestone game. I don't know if you were aware of that. Henrik Lundqvist. Oh, I was not aware. He did pass Tony Esposito for the number eight spot in all-time wins for a goalie in the wow, NHL. Wow, that's huge. Yeah, 424 wins. That's awesome. Good for him. And it could be argued that if uh, if the King goes on a good run, he might get up to seventh or even sixth place before the season's over. Oh, wow. Because Jacques Plante has 437. So, or sorry, uh, Lundqvist needs only 13 more wins. Luongo is third? Uh, I don't or know. No, uh, so he's first in, in active goalies, but I, 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 I don't know where think he is. he's over 400. All right. And Terry Sachuk has 445. So I think actually Lundqvist has more than Luongo, uh, but I don't have the chart right in front of me. But uh, You the, keep talking. This is the beauty it. of the internet. You can keep looking that up. So we'll leave that point for now. But Henrik Lundqvist has, uh, is now up into eighth spot in all-time victories for a goalie. Marty Brodeur is just out out of sight. Yeah, with that will never be caught. And Patrick Waugh is is you know as good as he was. He's quite a ways behind. Uh, Ro- uh, Roberto Luongo is fourth all time, four hundred and fifty nine. Four fifty nine. Yeah. Okay, he's still in. Great. Elsewhere, Colorado lit up against Minnesota, seven to two. Did you know that Colorado is in the playoff spot? They are. I did see that. They have clawed their way back in. That is fantastic. With a five-game winning streak. That is fantastic. Five game. And and Nathan McKinnon has a five-game streak going as well. Uh, Point streak? I don't know if it's points or goals. It's at least points, obviously. I don't know if it's goals. But he did score. You just have written down. I just have McKinnon 5G streak. (laughs) So or maybe it is G stands for goals or G stands for games. <laughs> did you not make these notes? I believe I did. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's the night, too, in Colorado. They retired Milan Hayduk's uh, jersey in yes. number 23. Someone sent in uh, an intro oh. from that game. Oh, it's great. pretty cool. Like, it's like to quickly thank everyone who sent in intros. This is amazing. This is a good point. I was going to stop and do the exact same thing. That really makes the channel, Yeah, I think. When these people are out at, uh, and it doesn't have to be an NHL game. It can be the, the Swamp Rabbits or the Sheffield Steelers mm-hmm. or whatever. And, you know, and you're watching post to post and the crowd's in the background and then you hear the goal horn or something. Yeah. It's amazing. It's, I, I've, I have about, I think, s- five to seven. And I missed a really good opportunity because uh, someone sent one in from the Winter Classic and oh. I didn't put it on the Winter Classic video, oh. and I, it was just a, a stupid mistake on my part. I didn't plan on releasing the Winter Classic video as soon as I did, and I didn't have any intros at the time, so I had to use that one. Right. So um, I made it 
a costly mistake there, I guess. I mi missed opportunity, I guess. So I have, I'm now collecting them, and depending on where they are or who's playing, I'm going to use them in a video that's applicable to where they are. So if mm -hmm. someone's from Colorado is uh, sent, in an, an, sent in an intro, then I'm going to use it on a video to, where we talk about Colorado or something nice. like that. It's, it's, I guess, the way the production works. You're the production wizard. We, you make things or we make things in the studio here in the broadcast center and then later you paste on the intro so when we're doing the the yeah. shoot we don't know what intro is going to be on so we're not we're unable to personally thank the people yeah because sometimes we film something and then i don't release it for close to up to a month sometimes mm -hmm. so yeah and then the intro comes in so it's uh, oftentimes i look at the intro and it's so awesome and i expect you to say because yeah normally and look, i want to oh thanks thanks to bob you know and carolina for that great intro but but when you're making your video, you yeah. don't know about the intro yet. And well, now that now I kind of do because I have it planned out where I'm going to use a specific intro for a. I have them all named by team and stuff, whatever. Oh, nice. Like I had someone sent one in from the EIHL, I think a Panthers game, and it was a tremendous intro. Mm -hmm. And we have an EIHL video coming up in the next, I don't know, probably two weeks. Right. And I'm going to use that intro for that video. Very so. cool. Very cool. All right. Um, elsewhere in the league last night, Calgary beat Anaheim two one. 3-2, rather. 3-2. And it was uh, a fantastic game. It's another one that got close again. You know, Calgary was up 2-0 after the first couple of periods, and then Anaheim stormed back. And Calgary got a goal, Dougie Hamilton, at the 1944 mark of the third period. 16 seconds left in the game, and he scores the game-winning goal, makes it 3-2. I bet uh, Glenn Gullitson was happy. He <laughs> doesn't have to throw any more sticks. Oh, my goodness. That was something else, eh? Unbelievable. He was, I'm glad uh, he did it, though. Well, yeah, it, it seemed to work. Yeah. What had happened was, and you, I'm sure all of you know this story now, but Calgary beat L.A. the night before, like Thursday night, and I think it was like a 4-3 win or something. It was a, a good game. And apparently Friday morning in practice at the Saddle Dome or the whatever they call it now. <laughs> yes, at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Yeah, Scotiabank Saddle Dome. Uh, they were just running their regular drills, I think two-on-two -two drills, and... Gullitson didn't think there was enough effort. He thought that they were having a little too much fun in the practice and still celebrating their win from the night before. And he issued uh, about a 45-second uh, expletive-laden tirade mm -hmm. against the team, reminding them where they were in the standings, which is not yet in the playoff picture. And then he decided to do the Olympic event of the <laughs> hockey stick throw. The javelin. Yeah, and he wound around. Thankfully, the... The arena was empty, mm. and he launched his stick into the top of the first deck, uh, the back of the top of the first like, lower bowl, which is, I think, 13 rows deep. Yep. And it went flying. It was a nicely done uh, toss. Yeah, you can find it on YouTube if you yeah. look for it. And lots of beeping there, too. I found one version that doesn't have his swear words bleeped out, which is a little you know, more a little salty, a little more enjoyable but for Much you. more enjoyable yeah. for me, because <laughs> I, I wanted to see the real thing. The, yeah. beeps, the beeps really... Uh, what was, I think whoever put the beeps in, they put the beeps in at a much higher volume than they were able to get his voice. Uh. So to turn it up to hear the words that weren't bleeped, when the bleeps did happen, they just just drove the, the audio. I watch a show on on uh, Discovery Channel called Gold Rush, and there's a specific family in that in the show that swears like constantly. It's <laughs> And it's, it's actually unwatchable because there's so many beeps that I just, it's so annoying, I just skipped through that section of the show. So that's yeah. the, totally unrelated, I guess, to hockey. But No, it, it, but it's <laughs> somewhat related to what we were talking about. Yeah. 
So Calgary pulled off that win, and that's a team they're chasing. That's a team they had to catch. And right now, Calgary and Anaheim are virtually tied. They're only a point apart, and Calgary has a game in hand. So uh, great job for the Flames last night. They yeah. did what they had to do. And that's a team that's bit them. So mm, to, Exactly, to beat them. yeah, big time. And uh, you know, there's some playoff memories there, too. So The game that Calgary beat L.A., was mm-hmm. that in Calgary? Um, I'm thinking it was, but I honestly don't know. Okay. It was a 4-3 game, but I don't know where it was. They were back in Calgary to practice on Friday morning, so I presume that okay. uh, you know it was either a, a late night flight or they were home already. The only other game, speaking of LA, uh, they were playing Nashville out in LA, and that was the last game of the night. The Predators won four three. Finally, finally, uh, Predators really dominated the game most of it. They were ahead one nothing after one period, three one after two periods. Uh, LA got a couple, but not sort of Nashville got one. PK Subban was. Uh, at least in two of those goals, he got either a primary or a secondary assist and uh, did very well, but he also had a bad defensive cough-up that resulted in one of the L.A. goals. Yeah, uh, someone in the comments, one of the old video, left a comment and said uh, that basically PK wasn't a defensive liability and that I was being fooled by the media, that that I was just agreeing with them because of what they say say about P.K. Subban. <laughs> and I basically responded, listen, I've watched every single Canadiens game for the past 15 years, and especially since Subban has joined the, the team. And if you don't think he's a defensive liability at times, especially when he was in Montreal, oh, man. you're delusional. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's, he's, he's you know, he's, he comes with his risks. Yeah. I think overall he's still very much a plus player he, in my he, book. He, he creates way more than he gives up, and that's why he's being paid $9 million, and that's why he's the most one of the most dynamic players in the league. Yeah, and there was one replay I saw last night where he made a super defensive play that ended up uh, being a turnover in the, in the Predators' own zone and going down the other end for a goal. Mm. And that was one of the ones where he got maybe a secondary assist on that even. But it was an exceptional play, mainly because of the defensive play it was. He, you know, blocked a shot or, yeah, yeah. or Dover did something. I have to interrupt you, interrupt you just quickly. All right. I'm, fr- I'm meant to mention this at the beginning of the podcast, but uh, Leslie sent in this Christmas card and uh, decided to put it there for That's everyone great. to see. Yeah. <laughs> and for those of you who can't see it, who are just listening on uh, iTunes or whatever, there's a, it's a, a Peanuts uh, Christmas card, yeah. and it's uh, got Snoopy, Lucy, and um, Charlie Brown, and a few others. Woodstock, I guess, is out there, and a few birds skating around on the ice. is very cute. Oh, man, it fell off. Uh-oh. Now, now we have a technical difficulty. Oh, no, fell off this side. <laughs> uh, oh he's back. There. He's back. Ooh, that Sorry. was close. Anyway, that's... Uh, that's last night's scores, and I have some other stats and things that we'll come circle back to a little later on. All right, sounds good. All righty. Uh, I'm going to talk about some ma- Maple Leafs. All right. Uh, specifically about that comeback win. I have a question for you. Okay. Would you consider the Toronto Maple Leafs to be a cup contender, a true co- cup contender? No. Why? I think their inability to put together a solid defense is going to ruin them. You don't think Anderson can win his way through a couple series? I think he can stand on his head and win a couple of games. I don't think he can be the the ultimate factor that turns the corner for the team. I think that's the problem. They can fill the net the other end, but they can't keep pucks out of their own net. I think that's why I would consider them a contender, just because they're so resilient. If they let in a couple goals, it's not an issue. They've come back in so many games, and they never look... Like when Montreal plays and they go down a couple goals... 
you already know they're going to lose the game. Even when Montreal was good, like, a couple of years ago, you, you knew they weren't going to come back because that's just they just gave up. Mm-hmm. Toronto doesn't give up. They Those young guys love to win so much that they're always in the game. They're so resilient. And I think that's what I why I would consider them to be a contender, just because they are so resilient. Well, I hope you're right. They're certainly going to be exciting to watch. They're definitely going to be in the playoffs. Uh, who who they're going to draw in the first round? It'll well, I guess it'll be Tampa Bay, right? Unless Boston. I assume it'll be Boston. Oh right, yeah, yeah. They'll be playing against Boston. Tampa will pick. A, will draw a wild card. If yeah. Boston keeps playing like they're playing, if Tampa keeps playing like they're playing, then Toronto will be playing Tampa. Yeah, but even though Tampa's had a couple of bad games, they're still pretty hard to catch. Oh yeah. Uh, but yeah, I. And what was the name of that young fellow, the new guy they had in Toronto? Uh, uh, Dermot. Dermot. Yeah. What a fun guy to watch. He was dynamic. He was great to watch last night. And I think one of the commentators said, Babcock's letting him do what he wants to do. Yeah. He's, he's not telling him, hey, it's your first game, stay back there, don't do not do anything crazy. He's letting him do the things that are crazy. Yeah, and that important, they're working. yeah. And I don't know if you saw that prior to the game, CBC in Canada runs a half-hour show before Hockey Night in Canada where they tee up that you know the evening and they have a few special features and i forget the name of the young fellow who who they were focusing on i forget his name and i apologize for that but he he became the like an associate equipment manager or whatever for the marleys okay and he works in that capacity now and he has down syndrome so he has his challenges but he has bonded so well with the players in the marleys who then of course go on to become leafs Mm -hmm. and uh, he is an amazing story so I, I'd recommend you go back and search. Yeah, I missed that, but I'll yeah, definitely go back and... Really, really good story. Yeah. All right, sorry. Oh, yeah, no worries. Uh, Colorado, I thought we'd talk a little Colorado next. So they've won five straight, 7-2-1 and one in their last 10, and they currently hold a playoff spot. Do you think this is fluky? Do you think they're overperforming? Or do you think that Colorado is actually serious? Last year was the fluke, and they are a playoff team. I think last year was the fluke. I don't think they're overperforming. I think last year they were underperforming. They are one point shy of their point total from last year. Are you serious? Yes. One more point, and they've equaled last year's performance with all with a half a season left to go. I thought they got 60 points last year. Um, Maybe it was 53. No, but they still... Uh, anyways, well, they're close. Either way, they're close. They're only one point below the 2016-2017 all-season total. Crazy. my notes here. That's from NHL.com. I think they underperformed last year. Mm-hmm. I think they're currently overperforming a little bit. Right. Not by much, just by, just by a little tiny bit. So uh, while I'm happy because I'm, I'm a pretty big Colorado fan, uh, I'm still very cautious of, of what happens. And I... Personally, do not think that they'll make the playoffs, but I would love to be wrong for sure. There's so much congestion in that last wild card uh, spot. It's insane. Really, the last two, but the, the, particularly the last one. Colorado and Minnesota and Anaheim all have 47 points, and Calgary sitting behind with 46 points in a game in hand. Yeah, and then Chicago's got 44, I think, not too yep, far behind. 44, yeah. So it's, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough, actually. Yeah. Yeah. But San Jose only has 48 points, so even they can be caught do they have, third in the Pacific. I think they have some games in hand, don't they? They do. Yeah, they have several, actually. Yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of Chicago, do you think... I mean, they've struggled recently. Do you think it's actually time for them to fire Quinville? I don't think so. I don't know if it's coaching. I, 
I, I don't know. I don't think it's coaching, but I 100% believe the right decision is to get rid of Quinville just for the, the simple factor of shaking things up. Just a, a, re, a reset button. Completely. He's yeah. been the coach there for so long that I think, I don't think the players dislike him. I just think they're comfortable. They're too comfortable. And, you know, they won three Stanley Cups with the guy. He's been there forever. He might be the longest tenured coach now in in the league. Someone out there can correct me if I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's time for just a, just a new face. And that's, that's it. And if they do fire him, it's not like he's going to be out of work long. He'll, oh God, he'll no. find a home pretty quickly. Yeah. Hey, maybe you just grow a beard. That'd be a new face and he could keep his job. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> Uh, I I I don't know if I see Chicago making the playoffs. Right now, with that congestion, Chicago's behind all those other teams that are fighting for that last wild card in the West. I, I don't see it. It's going to be like it wouldn't surprise me if they did because they're Chicago. Mm-hmm. But I I kind of don't see them making the playoffs, which is awesome for me because I'm not a massive <laughs> Chicago Blackhawks fan. Yeah. Blackhawks fan because they're so freaking good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But speaking of playoffs. Carolina Hurricanes. Carolina Hurricanes are currently in a playoff spot. That is correct. With a ton of games in hand. They are. Well, maybe not a ton of games in hand, but they've got games in hand. They're yeah. looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have games in hand, and uh, like they're they're a point ahead of Pittsburgh, and games in hand on Pittsburgh. Yeah. And Pittsburgh's not doing that great, and Carolina is lighting it up. I I could not be more happy. I love mm. it. Yeah. I'm seriously a closet Carolina fan. Ever since Sebastian Ajo entered the league last year. Yeah. Man, I've been all about Carolina. I need to redo my favorite teams list mm-hmm. uh, coming soon, and they're going to go up the list for sure. There's a caution because one of your recent videos talked about the uh, Cam Ward and Scott Darling situation in Carolina and yeah. whether that would find a way to fix itself, and it's still a question mark, isn't it? Yeah, it's still a question mark, but uh, I have faith in mm-hmm. whoever's in the net. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Boston Bruins. Oh, boy. They're very quietly catching Tampa Bay. Mm-hmm. 52 points for Boston, I believe. 61 for Tampa. Mm -hmm. I think they have some games in hand. I think two, maybe. Uh, They do. They have a couple. Yeah, Boston and San Jose are the two teams left in the league who've played fewer than 40 games. They both have 39. So assuming Boston has wins those two games in hand, that gives them 56. That means they're only five points behind Tampa. Mm -hmm. A very realistic gap that they could potentially close. Do I see it happening? No. Mm -hmm. Uh, Do I think Boston is overperforming? Yes. Mm-hmm. Do I think that Boston deserves to be where they are and they will make the playoffs? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Yep. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I think it's great not only that they've rebounded after the last two struggling seasons, but they're doing it so quietly. Like nobody is talking about Boston because they're just flying under the radar and winning games and they're not doing it in a flashy style. Like they're getting contributions from every single line, mm-hmm. minus last night when Bertrand or Bergeron just put the whole team on his back and scored 90 goals. But yeah, it was Patrice Bergeron four, Carolina <laughs> one. Yeah. <laughs> and a few other Boston players chipped in. Mm. And it really helps when you know, Rask was kind of struggling at the beginning of the year and Goodoman stepped in and won all of those games. Yeah, including so, yesterday's game. He was the goalie of yeah, record it's, yesterday. It's things are bright in Boston, but I think there's always a caution there mm-hmm. because they can be inconsistent at times. They're just playing hot right now. So. Yeah, they are. And if they, in a playoff series, a team like Boston that faces the opposing team six or seven times in the run of two weeks, mm-hmm. uh, chemistry develops, bad chemistry sometimes. Uh, the other team gets under their skin, Chera's head explodes, <laughs> and next thing you know, Boston is, is out. Yeah, and totally. If totally. you're playing different teams all the time, you don't get a chance to 
get that dynamic going. But in a series, Boston is going to have a challenge, I think, no matter who they play. Yeah, I think so, too. Yeah, we saw it last year with Ottawa. Uh, Boston was the better team, but systematically, Ottawa uh, kind of put them out. Mm-hmm. And it was, I mean, I think it went to Game 7, if I remember correctly. I it was so. it was close series. Yeah. But uh, it can happen, yeah, for sure. Yeah. I just want to talk about streaks really quickly. Sure. So in the win column, Colorado with five games. We spoke about, spoke about that. Detroit with four. Wow. What's going on in Detroit? I don't know, but it's it's something good. They've actually gone ahead of Montreal and Florida. Yeah. And they're 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 getting close. They're a plus one now. Forty one games played, or forty games played and forty one points. It's uh, it's kind of crazy. It is when you think about it. They're kind of doing it under the radar as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, Washington three games in a row. Not a shock there. They're playing some great hockey right now. Yeah. Boston three games. We just spoke about them. Calgary three games. Maybe uh, Glenn Gulletson's talk uh, sparked their because he did it last year. We talked about this earlier off camera. Mm-hmm. He did it last year after they lost to Montreal, and they went on like a 13-2 and two streak, and they made the playoffs because of it. So, yeah. it's, who knows? It's funny when, uh, you know, the, the, the chemistry that takes place in the dressing room between the coach and the players is some is a thing to watch if you can watch it. A lot yeah. of time it's a private thing. But when coaches go out and do the, the post-game interview, uh, we saw Cooper a couple of times in, on replays. You know, Cooper, after Tampa Bay, plays a rare bad game. And he comes out there. We sucked. We were off. Yeah. You know, and I, I actually love that candid. <laughs> totally. <yeah. laughs> it's great. And uh, to see um, uh, Gullitson do what he did, he knew the cameras were on. He knew that it was going to be news. And it, he did a lot of that for theatrical effect. Yeah. But who cares if it works? Uh, I, I, Babcock can be funny sometimes. Oh, he's, yeah. He's pretty salty. In yeah. a fun, in like on purpose, in a funny way. He just, like... Yeah. He, and it's always, he, he gives the, a lot of the same generic answers. He just, oh, you know, boys didn't have enough effort up there, boys, you know, whatever. <laughs> uh, but he, he can be very comical to watch. Mm-hmm. Losing streaks. Yeah. Do you know who has, who has lost the most amount of games? Like I don't, actually. The past week or so? Tampa? The Islanders. Oh. <laughs> five. Oh, wow. Is They're that right? Five-game losing streak. Ooh, ooh. One of the most, the teams with the most lethal offense in the league. Uh... At an offense that every single team in in the league is, is scared of, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're really struggling defensively. They're kind of like Toronto, I guess, in a way. Mm-hmm. They're not getting solid goaltending. They, on paper, I think their their back end is okay, but I think it's just a systematic problem and not a skill problem. So, I. I don't know what I see for the Islanders because they've gone from the top of the Metro, basically, to I think they're out of a playoff spot currently. They're out of a playoff spot, but only two points out. Carolina's got 46, and they got 44. They're not in danger of missing, but they're on the brink. Mm -hmm. They can absolutely turn it around. Yeah. We have to skip all the way down to L.A. with two next. Uh, Two two two-game losing streak for L.A. Florida, two-game losing streak after they won five last week in a row. Mm Mm-hmm. And Buffalo, two-game losing streak. Uh, not not surprising there. <laughs> yeah. I guess Tampa would have a two-game losing streak, too, because Montreal beat them and then Ottawa That's beat true, them. yeah. But, you know, and not, not to change your channel uh, more than necessary, but when Montreal beat Tampa the other night, and we're going to have a little talk about that game, hopefully. It's, it wasn't last night's game, but it was, mm-hmm. what, Thursday night or whatever. 
um, I thought that was an amazing game because Montreal just ended up beating the best team in the league. But then Tampa goes and loses 6-3 to Ottawa. Oh, so. I, I don't think Montreal won because they played good. Montreal won because Tampa played bad. I think that's, and that's the point I was going to get at. Yeah. Maybe it's not that big a deal to beat Tampa this week. I don't think so. No, yeah. I think Obviously, it's just a fluke. If Ottawa can beat them 6-3, something's wrong with Tampa. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and, and something's maybe wrong with Tampa if they lose to Montreal too. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Buffalo, uh, remind me off camera after this to tell you something about Buffalo. I've got some interesting news. Oh, well, why wouldn't it be on camera? Um, just because it, it requires a future video, a, oh. a surprise in a future video. Ooh, so. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, rumors. Let's talk some rumors. Mm -hmm. There's one name out there that's been circling for the past two weeks. We'll just mention it again. Max Pacioretty. Yep. Do you know the two teams where he's rumored to go to uh, currently? I don't. St. Louis. All right. And uh, Nashville. Oh, I did hear the Nashville rumor. That's right. Yeah. I did Because hear they both have a lot of prospects who we saw on uh, in the juniors, um, specifically on Team Canada. I mm -hmm. uh, can't remember who plays for who. I'd, I'm not Gord Stats Miller, but uh, I think I think it's Dante Fabro is a Nashville draft pick. And Sam Steele, I think, is a St. Louis okay. draft pick. Mm. And... There's, a, there's Thompson and Thomas, and uh, I think, oh man, I can't remember the other one. But, yeah, there's some interesting picks that could go back Montreal's way if they one of those teams want Pacioretty. Mm -hmm. I personally wouldn't give up any of those players or picks for Pacioretty, but when you're a team that's in a win-now scenario and you can add a 30-goal scorer who's maybe just ha having a little bit of a, a tough time with a respectable contract, I think you you always have to take that opportunity to win mm -hmm. the cup, especially Nashville, because they were so close last year. Yeah. So. Yeah, if they just need that last missing piece, to. I think Pacioretty in St. Louis is the, is the the better fit personally, mm -hmm. uh, especially once they get their injury situation sorted out there and stuff. I think Pacioretty would be an absolutely brilliant mm -hmm. uh, fit in in St. Louis. But I, I agree. Yeah, yeah I it, think it would be. Uh, he would. He would be. He wouldn't be the number one guy. He'd be behind Tarasenko and... Yeah, the, the spotlight would be off him. Yeah. He can just go to work. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. I hear that uh, Bergevin right now, and I think the price will change as we get closer to the trade deadline. And then if he's not moved, then it'll change again as we get closer mm -hmm. to uh, the draft. But currently the asking price, according to the Montreal mar media market, is one top forward and a first round pick. Uh, is... A first round pick is in a first round pick that's already been picked, or no, a, a, an actual a first round opportunity pick. to pick in uh, twenty eighteen. Yeah, I, hmm, I, I would definitely accept that trade. I would uh, in a heartbeat, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah definitely. Um, Hoffman, and I'd accept that trade, and basically that because the price is so high that the offers aren't coming in of that, you know. So Ber mm. Bergevin is almost intentionally pricing himself out of the market because he's really not interested in trading right now. But go well, ahead. it's the same thing Joe Sackick did in Colorado with Duchesne. Mm. Yep. He waited until he got what he wanted. That's right. Uh, Hoffman, he's the name's been out there. I think everyone's on the chopping block besides Carlson and, well, maybe actually maybe even Carlson. Now, I think the only person maybe is safe is Stone. I think Stone's safe, yeah. Yeah. Other than that, I don't I don't think anyone's safe. Even Anderson in net. Uh, I don't know. Yeah. It's tough, but Hoffman's been rumored to go to St. Louis as well. A couple other teams. Not really sure if I see a fit for Hoffman in too, too many teams out there. I could definitely see him fitting in St. Louis 
Uh, some of the other ones were named. I'm not, not going to name them. They're, I think they're gibberish. But how do you think Pajot would fit in Montreal? Not well. Okay. I think his his style of play is too similar to the style of play that's never worked in Montreal for the past ten years. Okay. A small, speedy forward. Yeah. That I don't know. He's too inconsistent. He's he's an incredibly gifted player, but he's too inconsistent. He'll be the most he'll be the the most uh, dynamic player in the league for two weeks, and then for two months he'll be nothing. All right. Next topic. So, <laughs> so if you're I like I personally I like him personally. Yeah. I like the like he it's just too inconsistent. I don't like inconsistency. And that was my main issue with um, Maple Leafs fans were no, I wouldn't say mad. They, they questioned my answer in my video where I would change one thing about each team. And in Toronto I said that I would trade or buy Marlowe's contract. Marlowe's doing pretty good in Toronto. He's got like twenty four points. Mm-hmm. He's got I think fifteen or sixteen goals. I never said he was doing bad. My my complaint is that he's underperforming con- to the, the Marlowe that I know. He's one of my favorite players. He's my second favorite player in the league. I've watched him endlessly in his career. I know that he's that he's better than what he is playing as right now in Toronto. And he's so inconsistent in Toronto. He went five weeks before Christmas and got three points. Mm. Five weeks. Five weeks. Okay. Like percentage-wise, and like it's he's played with every single forward on every single line. It's, I just he's kind of finding this place now, which is great. But for the longest time, he was struggling in Toronto. So mm. I I really hope he he gets his act together because I do like him in Toronto. I'd like him more in Montreal, to be honest. But mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to hit you with five teams who I am officially eliminating from the playoffs. All right, I got my pen up. I am officially eliminating Buffalo. Mm-hmm. I am officially eliminating Ottawa, mm-hmm. Montreal, yep. Arizona, yep. and I'm going to eliminate Vancouver. Ooh. Yep. There's a few teams I wanted to put on that list, but I think there's just, just a little glimmer of hope, but I don't see any glimmer of hope in Ottawa, Buffalo, Vancouver, Arizona, or Montreal. Sorry. Mm-hmm. It sucks it? to say that as a Canadiens fan, but I think it's going to be the best thing to happen to that team in 15 years. That team being Montreal. Yes, that team being Montreal, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Francois Gagnon, uh, who's in the Montreal uh, media. Oh, I know who he is. He's oh. useless. Oh, careful now. I do not like him. All right. I do. Why? I just, he's so biased. Biased in what way? In Like pro-Montreal. Yeah, but he's he, he likes tough love. And he thinks there's some tough love that should happen right now. He thinks that... Jeff Molson should fire Mark Bergevin immediately. I think Jeff Molson should fire Jeff Molson. <laughs> and Gagnon's uh, basis for that is if you if you come to the conclusion that Bergevin's run in Montreal is ending at some point in the next little while, mm-hmm. then end it as soon as you can. That way the replacement GM will have some sense of the team and what the team needs in time for the draft. If you keep Bergevin in until the summer, then you're perpetuating the same kind of mistake-making that's been happening for the last six or seven years. I completely agree. Right. Uh, Bergevin should be fired immediately. I think the relationship between Molson and Bergevin is so strong that it's affecting both of their judgments. Mm. I think Jeff Molson should either step down as president, like he's the owner of the team, which is fine. He's also the president of the team. And I think, is that am I correct? I'm not exactly sure what the structure I'm, is. I'm but pretty I, sure he's the president as sound, well. Sounds right, yeah. He should appoint someone to be the president. He shouldn't have this direct... He's too involved, I think, emotionally uh, with some of his decisions. 
for staff. So that's my opinion. Not do saying I'm right, just that's my opinion. Other than Bergevin, do you think Jeff Molson plays a day-to-day role in the staff? I honestly don't know. Abs- absolutely. Oh, okay. Yeah, I think I think you have to, being an owner of Montreal. I think you, he can't help himself. I'm not. I'm not saying I like it, but I. I don't. I don't know how you can't. I I really like Jeff Molson. Uh, I really like the idea that the Molson family is back in ownership oh, of I Montreal Canadiens because it's an iconic uh, brand that goes back. And I'm not even a customer, but uh, of the, of the brand of the family brand, but. I like the idea that they, they're back in, and I thought the emotional connection that Jeff Molson would have with with ownership and with the team was going to be a good thing, and I still think it can be. It can be. He's just, he's too buddy-buddy with Bergevin. I just, I think there's emotional decisions being made there to keep him around because they're friends. Mm. And he's he's delaying the deletion of of his job. Mm. So. Well, Francois Gagnon, you agree. That's the first time ever. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Uh, true contenders. Do you mind if I go through and and release my the Not teams that I think are actually true contenders that I can really see winning the Stanley Cup? All right. And for various reasons. Tampa Bay. That's a given. Mm-hmm. I don't even have to explain myself there. No. Toronto. I really do think that Toronto could win a Stanley Cup this year. They have Marner, Nylander, Matthews, uh, Zaitsev, Anderson. Like... It would be the fantasticest Marlo. story in a long time. It would be incredible. It would be, it would be amazing. I, I don't, like, with a player like Matthews, like, they almost beat Washington last year. Yeah. With a player like Matthew, just alone, you you cannot underestimate a player like that. Mm. That's a player that can take the team and put, them on, put it on his shoulders and get stuff done. So mm. I I think that they, I could see All them. Right. Like if, I, There's no way that I would rule Toronto. I'm not going to say... Toronto's not winning the Stanley Cup this year because I don't. I think that's a complete lie. I totally see them uh, uh, having a chance. Washington, I think Washington has that second round hurdle to get over, but they're such a good team. If they can get over that second round hurdle and get to the conference finals, I think there's going to be so much weight lifted off their shoulders that you should just hand them the Stanley Cup. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, if Washington comes out of the East no matter who's in the West. Well, you know, if the West ended up being miraculously Calgary mm-hmm. or somebody, that might be different. But if, if it's a Washington-Chicago or Washington-Anaheim uh, final, I'd be Washington all the way. Heck yeah. Oh, yeah. Washington big time. Uh, the Rangers, very deep team. And you've got the king in that. You've seen him steal series after series in playoffs before. Uh, there's no reason why he can't do it again. I think uh, the Rangers definitely have to be in the category of contender. Pittsburgh, it was outside of the playoff spot right now. I don't know. You cannot rule out Pittsburgh. They're they're too deep. They're too structured. They've they've got too much experience. They're even if they're, though they're out of a playoff spot, they're always a playoff contender. If they grab a Grade A goalie by the trade deadline, I'll agree with you. But if they stand pat in net, I I don't see it. You're not happy with Murray? No. Nope. What about Jari? I like him a lot more, but I don't think even between the two of them, dividing this up, I don't think they can do what they need to do. Do you think they should have traded Murray when they had the chance and kept Fleury? Um, I don't know about that. I think Fleury had uh, an expiry date that was coming very soon. So I think with Vegas getting Fleury, it's kind of like a rental. It's not, but it is. And uh, um, I think Pittsburgh needs to go out there and swing a big deal if they want to three-peat. Interesting. Very interesting. Uh, moving over to the West, 
Winnipeg. They've got some injury issues right now. But Winnipeg is one of the most deep and dangerous teams out there. If they can get if they can get consistent solid goaltending, mm-hmm. Winnipeg could go all the way, seriously. And that would be nothing that, nothing would make me more happy. Well, only one thing would make me more happy. Well, yeah. yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah. Nashville, they have to be contender just based on the fact that they were in the, the finals last year. Mm-hmm. How can they not be? St. Louis, I think St. Louis has been a contender for the past 15 years, honestly. They're always in and around buzzing and stuff, and they've always been competitive. They just have that same condition that Washington does, and they kind of flop in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Chicago, a team that's really not even close, I guess, f- four four, five, six points out, I think, of the playoff spot in the West. But they're Chicago. Yeah. I mean, look at the names and look what they've done. Their experience, you can never count Chicago. They're 10 points out of a lock in in the Central, and they're three points out of a wild card right now. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Los Angeles, they have have cup experience. A lot of the same cores there. Uh, they're playing really well. I think they have to be contender. Mm-hmm. Anaheim, who is out of a playoff spot, but they've suffered a lot of injuries. Anaheim is such a deep team. Uh, if they get in the playoffs, I can honestly see them going the whole way. Mm-hmm. That that's that's how that's how structured and deep they are. And Edmonton, Connor McDavid. How do you like? I know that they're struggling. I know they're s- way far out of a playoff spot. But if they can make it in, Connor McDavid. That's Connor McJesus. That's all you need to know. Yeah, I I don't I don't disagree. I think Connor McDavid is far more able to put a team on his back than Austin Matthews is, frankly. Oh, I I, the two I, I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. He's got another year of experience under his belt, for one thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's done it, and uh, and you know Matthews is an exceptional player. He's a phenomenal player, and he will be that level of player sometime. But there are times when uh, Connor McDavid just does it. Yeah, just carries that freight. There, there are times when Connor McDavid could play one on five and still score a goal. <laughs> that like it, it's remarkable. Yeah, and the last team on my list is Vegas. Right now. I I this is the base on the way that they're playing, mm-hmm. the way they're coached, the way they respond to being down in a game, the the way that they respond to a loss, yeah, and come back out the next game and get a win. I don't know how you can't put Vegas on there. They're the Cinderella story. They're they're what everyone wishes and hopes for in sports: the underdog, the team that shouldn't win but wins. Yeah, it's like it's a team that's supposed to be the sacrificial lamb of the season because they're brand new mm-hmm. and it's ragtag. Even if wow. Even if they lose in the first round, I could still see a movie being made. <laughs> yeah. And espe- like if they go and they, if they make it to the finals or if they win the Stanley Cup, you better believe Hollywood's going to be knocking on the door. Mm-hmm. There's going to be a movie, 100%. Yeah. Definitely. Um, that's all I have for my hockey news. I just wanted to, to talk about some two upcoming videos that we're going to be releasing either tomorrow or the next day. Uh, you had a great idea to surprise me with a video. You just said, put on some specific merchandise, <laughs> start the camera, and then I'll tell you what we're going to do. And uh, it was trivia. So you guys can see some more NHL hockey trivia on this channel. And uh, it was guessing, it was my job to guess who the longest tenured player on each team was without a, a break. Mm-hmm. So there are players like Williams, who played in Carolina back in 06 and whatever, left and came back. He doesn't count as the longest tenured because he came back. That's right. It's a break in service. Yeah. So you rattled my brain, and I had to give some answers. It was a lot of fun. You did really well. Two-part series, West, West video comes first, East comes second. Yeah, and it, it's a lot of fun. And one of the backgrounds of even going there was because I'm always interested in players that played with other players mm. 
over the years. And with all the talk these days about this probably being Thomas Placanix's last season with Montreal, mm -hmm. and he is the linkage back to the last Montreal Canadiens team that won the Cup in 1993 because he, Placanix, played with Patrice Brisebois, yeah. who was on that team. And once Placanix is gone, that linkage between players who've won the Cup and players who haven't yet won the club will be broken. I think the L.A. one is the most interesting. Yeah. Because there's Brown, who played with Robitaille? Luke Robitaille. Who played with uh, um, Marcel, Marcel Dion, <laughs> who played with... Yeah. I can't remember the, the original one. But D yeah, Dion joins the team in the early 70s. Like 86, I think. Is yeah. when he played? when Robitaille started. Right? Yeah, when Robitaille yeah. yeah. It was incredible. And you can go back even sometimes as few as three or four players that played with each other. Like when in the case of Montreal, we went through that where uh, when Placanic started, uh, he, he was playing with Brisebois. And when Brisebois was playing, Patrick Waugh was there. And when Patrick Waugh was playing early on, Larry Robinson was still on the mm. team. And Larry Robinson's tenure goes back to overlap with Henri Richard in 1972. And Henri Richard goes back to 1955 or whatever, and that coincides with his brother and yeah. uh, Rocket Richard, who then goes back to Toe Blake in 1942. It and all it just, connects. It all connects, and I just love that about teams that have a long history. And that now includes the 1967 expansion teams, really. And it's interesting to hear some teams that don't have any long-tenure people like Edmonton Edmonton, it Buffalo. It's crazy. It is nuts. You have to go back only a couple of years. Yeah. So in other words, if you go back, let's say five years for some of these teams, let's say Buffalo, there's not one soul from five years ago still on the team. It's amazing. It's like, it's it's kind of unbelievable actually. Like seriously. Yeah. But anyways, <coughs> that's uh, that's all I have from, from my stuff. You can uh, cool. take it away with whatever you have. Yeah, I don't have much of a wrap up. Of course, it's no surprise that we are uh, Montreal fans and we talk a lot about, and probably disproportionately about the Montreal Canadiens, but hey, it's your show. Why not? Uh, just a couple of cleanup stories there. After Montreal on Tuesday night of last week lost to San Jose, they had a team meeting, uh, I think on Wednesday, without coaches in the room or anything. And the team sat down, and uh, I don't know what went on. It was a team-only meeting. But uh, it was made pretty clear that if they didn't show up uh, against Tampa on Thursday night, then there would be some meetings with the coach, and uh, things would get pretty dicey. Mm -hmm. Anyway, Montreal... <coughs> I don't know if they deserve to win the game on Thursday night, but that save that Carey Price made in overtime. That was just silly. That will be a highlight save probably for the season and maybe more. It was just dumb. <laughs> it, was, it was a joke. Street? It's something you'd seen in an all-star game. Yeah, and I'm sure the listeners and viewers have seen it by now, but he he made an initial save. He couldn't get back into position the old-fashioned way, so he rolled over on his back, and his pads went up in the air. And as he came down and finished that roll, he happened to be right in the perfect spot to stop the puck, but yeah. it finally did get shot. It's like a dog scratching his back. Did you ever see that? On the grass <laughs> or something? That just, it was <laughs> yeah. weird. Uh, it was a cool play, though. It was, in, it was, in, it was incredible. <laughs> incredible. Um, interestingly, too, oops, sorry, for that overtime even though no one scored in the overtime and it went to, no, yeah, it went to a shootout, right? Yes, yes it did, yeah. yeah. And Paul Byron scored in the shootout. But during the overtime, I was dreading who Claude Julien would start because he always seems to pick the most uninspiring players to start the three-on-three -three overtime. But this time, he started Drouin, Galchenyuk, and Jarabek. 
Now, they they were bagged at the end of that almost 90-minute, 90 90-second 90 shift, rather. That's when the yeah. play did go back down, and Carey Price had to make that crazy yeah. save. But to uh, reward Jarabek for a good game, uh, Julian started him in overtime, and I think that was a good move. Totally, yeah. yeah. He, did, he, did, he did have a really strong game, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Al Montoya's run with the Montreal Canadiens is over. Yep. He went to Edmonton for a conditional fourth-round pick. Yeah. It's a little fifth, hard in the Fifth psyche. pick turns into a fourth pick if Montoya plays seven or more games. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I like that. Yeah. I didn't understand it, but now that I've thought about it more, I like it. The only uh, downside in the last two games or three games for Montreal is the play of Mr. Alsner. It has not been good. Has it been at all this year? Well, I think it was earlier. I think he was doing fewer offensive things and risky things. He was more stay at home, and I think that's his role. I think he's been jumping up a little bit and making mistakes that he ought not to make. Just like every other defenseman on, on the Canadians. Really? Except, uh, man, I'm, I'm in a way I'm happy that Victor Mete is probably coming back to Montreal, but in a way I'm sad for Team Canada in the Olympics because he was a big conversation piece about a... I don't understand the decision. Why would you bring Mete back when you clearly don't have uh, a chance at making the playoffs? Let the kid go play for for a gold medal, another one. Or even both. Let him go play in the Olympics and then bring him back in March. Yeah, like what's the point of holding on to him? It's just silly. It's I just, don't know. It's just silly. I don't know. It's, it's the, it is unfortunate. But uh, he played a really solid uh, cha- uh, tournament in the World Juniors. I thought he did very well. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's he's quite he's quite the find. There's a I didn't read the whole article yet, but I'm going to later today about uh, Delorier and how he's fit so nicely in mm-hmm. Montreal, and then he's a great story there. Totally. So yeah. Hopefully that continues. Anyway, I don't really have much more that I've done. Uh, All right. We have some features we want to talk about in future podcasts or videos. Mm-hmm particularly about some of the players that have uh, caught on in Vegas. Yeah, definitely. There'll be, be great. videos of their own. Like we mentioned that before, but yeah. we just haven't had time to do it. Mm-hmm. I just want to give a quick plug to, uh, there's a St. Louis Blues podcast out there called The Drop, and they contacted me and said, hey, you know, check us out, and, uh, and we'll give you a plug as well. And so I checked them out. Pretty good. They do a podcast after every single game. Oh, wow. And they've got quite a loyal following. So it's thedroppodcast.com, and uh, yeah. They do a podcast after after every single game, I think. Uh, that's what it seemed to be when I went to go check it out. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, I think that's, I think it's important that that people are doing the podcasts specifically for, or videos about teams uh, after every single loss or every single game. I think uh, there's a guy in our Discord, Gravity. I don't know his, his actual name. He's got a YouTube channel. He posts his videos sometimes in our Discord. Mm-hmm. He does videos after almost every single Dallas game. He's a huge Dallas Stars fan. So oh, wow. I think that I think it's cool that teams have those people who do that. So it's pretty neat. Very good. Um, the other plug I have, I'll save until the end of the video. But right now, it's the fishbowl. All right. I forgot about the fishbowl. So you're ready to go? Yes. You you dig in there. Choose your choose your fish wisely. Oh, with an orange one. Uh, okay. Or Which a red looks one. red to me. Yeah, red. Sorry, red. Uh, all right, roll the intro. All righty. So we've got a question here from Simon uh, H. And his question is, where do you plan on traveling next? Well, fancy you should ask. 
Yeah. Uh, we are planning in about two months' time to go to Boston, Massachusetts. Yes, we are going uh, over to Fredericton, you and I, to pick up Jason and his dad. Mm-hmm. Continue down to, I believe, Portland, Maine, jumping on a train, getting on the train, going down to Boston, catching a game, getting back on the train, going back to Portland, and coming back home. All in about three days. About three days, yeah. yeah. We're, n- we're not really spending a lot of time down there. We're just going to go down on a Friday, see the game on a... S- oh, sorry, we're going... Actually, I don't know the schedule. I just know that we're not going to be in Boston yeah. very long. We might leave here on a Thursday night or Friday morning. Yeah. Uh, and then end up in Portland on Friday, late, Friday, late yeah. day. And then kick around Portland for a couple of hours. And Saturday morning, first train, if we could get it, down, yeah. to, down to the North Station. And uh, then hang around Boston downtown all day, including the game that night, and then back home on the train. Yeah, it's going to be pretty exciting. It should be uh, great. So that's the next place that I, I'm going to travel. Yeah. Now you know the Boston game may not come about. It, so we have people that are looking for tickets and right. all that kind of thing. So if it doesn't happen, my next trip after that, a few weeks later, is a business trip to Ottawa, the capital of Canada. Ooh, are you going to see a game while you're there? Uh, there is a game. The Islanders are in town really? on, the, on the Tuesday night that I'm there. Really? But uh, Canada is a long way from downtown. I'm not even sure where our meetings are, but if it's in a place that's difficult to get to, I probably wouldn't go myself just on my own. Okay. But if a crowd of people is going and they want to know if I want to go with them, yeah, I'm in. Oh. So we'll see. We'll see. Cool. I might have to do a post-to-post intro. Heck yeah, you will. <laughs> <laughs> Depends how busy you are up there and stuff. And yeah, so that's right. Who knows? I... I'm going to be honest. I really want to see a playoff game this year. Mm-hmm. I've never seen a playoff game, an NHL playoff game, that is. I think it would be really special. I don't even care what team it is, to be honest, just to be in the atmosphere of a playoff game in any arena. I would love to go to Dallas to see a playoff game. Wow. I think because I, mainly because I have friends down there that I can stay with for free. <laughs> so <laughs> You cheap. That, that makes it easy. Uh so Dallas is probably financially the best option. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd also love to be out in San Jose. I'd love to see a playoff game in San Jose, but that's way more expensive, unfortunately. Uh, I don't think I'd go down and see a game in Boston just because we were already there this year. Uh, it won't be, <laughs> won't have the opportunity in Ottawa or Montreal. No, that's for sure. Toronto, I wouldn't just base on the price of the tickets. You'd never be, get in. It'd be absolutely insane. I just wouldn't do it. Yeah, you'd never I, get in. If I you couldn't were, afford it. Yeah. Because. I'd have to sell all this equipment. I still wouldn't have enough money. <laughs> uh, what other teams? I'd love to see a, a playoff game in Madison Square Garden. Oh, that would be... That'd be... That's a, like, bucket list. That, yeah, that but would it, be fantastic. I'm not sure it, it would be very easy to get in there either. Yeah, that would be really hard, and it would be really expensive, I think. Yeah, so yeah. Washington would be great. Mm-hmm. That, that, I think that may, might be a little expensive. Uh, I'd almost have to choose a team that... I don't know... I. I you couldn't go to Vegas because the tickets would be sold out instantly and it would be so expensive it would be crazy but that would be that would be the best option but it would be it would be impossible for me to find a ticket I think Tampa Bay would be a good place to watch when you slide the scale between availability of tickets and coolness of the event I think Tampa might be a good I, choice yeah I never even thought about Tampa Bay that's a good uh, that's a good option mm. that's a really good option actually yeah. yeah for all kinds of reasons who wouldn't want to be in Florida in April yeah I'd love it Interesting. Hmm. I wonder how much. I'll have to check the flights and hotels and stuff, but yeah, 
it's, it's not going to be cheap wherever I go. So I might not even be able to go because there's things I want to do with money, like get the camera and stuff. Like you guys see up on the screen, it's gone from 89 to $239 oh, up to wow. $1,400. Oh, so okay. uh, some of the funds from Patreon have slid over to, to the camera fund. Excellent. Uh, so we're, I don't know what the percentage is of 239 to 1400 Maybe you can do that in your head. It's like 14% or something like that. I don't know. 15%. You're going to do it right now? I'm going to do, do it right up. now. Do it up. I'm going to do 239 and 1400 it's going to be one carry nine 99 15 23 4 5 6 yeah, that's not working out what <laughs> all these bings uh, uh that 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 nice bassy sound you're hearing folks is uh neil tapping away sorry his, uh 17 percent. okay that was close <laughs> Hey, good for you. Uh, okay. I, I had 16 and change, but I wasn't sure oh. how close no, it was. No, 17.07. Okay. <laughs> over. Um, yeah, so expensive, but uh, maybe a possibility. Who knows? Mm -hmm. Who knows? Mm -hmm. If anyone works in the Tampa area and has access to cheaper tickets, let me know. Yeah. <laughs> I would be interested, or any, or any team for that matter. We can probably make the travel work fairly easily because I have, you know, assuming I'm going. I mean, if I'm not going... I'm oh, I was just going to go by myself. I didn't really want to go with you. Oh, okay. That's great. I <laughs> yeah, of course I would assume that you're I going. I didn't really want to give you my <laughs> airline points to go either. Hey, That's listen, fine. I've got my own... I have enough points, I think, to fly on my own. Good. At least one way. Hope you have a nice time. No, I... I yeah, it was assumed that you would come with me. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, yeah, I, the, the flying wouldn't be an issue, but... Uh, yeah, if if you have any hookups or anything like that, just let us know. I, we're not. I don't want free tickets. Just if you have any kind of deals or anything like that, just let us know, and and we'd be more than happy to pay for them and stuff. So yeah, mm -hmm. let us know. That'd be cool. Right on. And if you don't have anything, and I don't have anything left, uh, I just have one final plug. I'm done. Dane, who did the previous acapella song a couple of podcasts ago, sent me his new podcast or his new acapella song of the Canada Goal song at the World Juniors, the Hey Baby song, and he did a tremendous job. I linked it in the. Ooh. the previous uh. video so uh i thought i i don't think he minds and i'm gonna uh let this podcast uh run its course here on the end and and allow you guys to listen to his great rendition of the hey baby acapella and that's by dane i'll link it in the description below go check it out thanks thanks dane uh thanks everyone for listening and watching and i'll catch you guys in the next podcast Adios. Hey.